We're glad to have you with us today as Stephen Davey continues the wisdom journey through the Bible. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. His lesson for you today is called Overcoming the Disease of More. To be humble is to follow the example of Jesus. That means putting aside self-interest and petty jealousies. It also means seeing faithful believers as co-workers, not competitors, and rejoicing in their service to God. Former professional basketball coach Pat Riley popularized the expression, the disease of more. Over the years, he noticed that most championship teams rarely repeated as champions the next year. It seemed that once players won that championship, they, well, they wanted more money, more endorsements, more attention, more playing time. The basketball players began focusing on themselves, and team chemistry was effectively destroyed. Even the most talented teams ended up losing the following year. You know, it occurred to me that that this is true in life as well. We're easily infected with the disease of more. We're always wanting more for ourselves. Well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are about to show us what it looks like when disciples begin to focus on themselves. You might remember that Matthew was a former tax collector, and and he's the one who, who pays close attention to what happens next. We're here in his gospel at chapter 17, and Peter is approached by the collectors of the temple tax. And here in verse 24, they ask him, does your teacher not pay the tax? Peter answers, yes, in verse 25, apparently based on what he's seen Jesus do in the past. Well, Jesus apparently sees or hears this encounter because a few minutes later, he asks Peter, What do you think, Simon, from whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax, from their sons or from others? And when he said, from others, Jesus said to him, well, then the sons are free. In other words, rulers demand taxes from the people and their families are free from taxation. And Jesus' point here is interesting. Well, since this particular tax is for the temple and since Jesus' father is Lord of the temple, well, then shouldn't he, the Son of God, uh, get out of paying taxes to the temple? Well, that would be a pretty clever argument. But here's what Jesus says in verse 27. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me, and for yourself. Now, Jesus, he isn't teaching us here that we ought to go fishing to find our tax money, although that would be a great reason to spend more time out on the water. What Jesus is teaching here is the principle that we ought to be willing to relinquish our rights so that other people aren't offended. The Lord also teaches Peter and us that, that God will take care of our needs, even tax money. Now, with that, over in Luke chapter 9, we're told what happens next here in verse 46. An argument arose among them, the twelve disciples, as to which of them was the greatest. 
Now, get this. They're not arguing about who will become the greatest in the kingdom, but who is the greatest among them right now. Evidently, being a close disciple of Jesus has gone straight to their heads. They've had some trophy-winning experiences, and now look at them. They're argumentative, competitive, self-seeking, ambitious. They're self-righteous. It's become all about them. By the way, i got to tell you, I'm really grateful that the Lord doesn't kick them off his team and assemble a new one and start a new season. Now, the gracious Lord is willing, as always, to work with flawed, sinful, proud followers and, and continue to teach them and mold them. And remember, that, that gives you and me hope and encouragement. Well, he's going to rebuke them, but he won't abandon them. He's going to teach them a wonderful spiritual principle. And here it is. If you want to be a somebody, you need to be a nobody. And when you recognize you're a nobody, he'll make you into a somebody for his glory and not for your own. I've I've said it before, and I'll quote Martin Luther, the reformer, again. He said, the Lord created the world out of nothing, and when we are nothing, the Lord will create something out of us as well. Now, verse 47 Jesus took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. Jesus is effectively redefining what a championship team player looks like. This is true greatness here. In fact, the Greek word for child is paideon. So you need to think kindergartner. Jesus isn't saying that if you're nice to children, little children, little kindergartners, you get into heaven. He's saying to his disciples, how you act toward this child is going to reveal whether you understand the meaning of true greatness. Now, this goes against the traditional thinking of of the Lord's day. In fact, the Talmud, the central text of rabbinic Judaism, it said that keeping company with children added nothing to a person's life. It was essentially a waste of time. Well, that's because greatness to the rabbis was defined by the company you kept. If you were, you know, hanging around significant people, well, that made you significant. So why would you give attention or time to kids running in the streets or, you know, around your backyard? You see, Peter, James, and John undoubtedly thought that they were the most significant disciples because of their close relationship, their closer association with Jesus. These three disciples had been with them, with Jesus, on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Elijah. I mean, what more could they possibly need to understand that they were great? Look at who they were allowed to hang around. Jesus effectively says here, no, no, if you receive a child— If you hang around a little child, a little kindergartner who's small and weak and can't make any contribution of significance to your resume, let me tell you, you are on your way to true greatness. Well, now with that, Luke moves to another event where the pride of the disciples is revealed again. Here in verse 49, John answered, Master, We saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he does not follow us. But Jesus said to him, Do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. 
So here you have someone successfully casting out demons, and the disciples want the Lord to stop him. Why? Well, because he, he isn't one of them. He, he's not on their team, so to speak. In fact, if you go back to Mark's gospel, we're told that this man is a believer in Jesus. So he's actually doing the Lord's work. He's doing it in the name of the Lord. And don't miss the fact that he's succeeding in delivering the oppressed. He's evidently doing it with the Lord's delegated authority. But, you know, he hasn't been sanctioned by the club. He hasn't gotten an official permit, you know, from the office of the 12 disciples. He's outside their little team circle. Well, evidently, he's more successful than they are. Remember, they had only recently failed to cast out a demon. Well, let me tell you, the disciples, pure and simple, are jealous. They want to shut this man down because he's showing them up. Now, I can just hear their arguments. You know, he's not been around the Lord like we have. He's not been vetted like we've been. He wasn't chosen to be disciples like we were. Uh, surely he can't be used by God. Well, he is. Both Matthew and Mark record now very strong words from Jesus warning against becoming a stumbling block in the way of uh, someone who's seeking to follow him. In fact, Jesus repeats words from his Sermon on the Mount, stressing that his followers must avoid causing spiritual harm to fellow believers. Well, how do you treat people who aren't like you in every respect. Now, I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm talking about opinion, personal opinions. How do you feel when God seems to bless somebody else instead of you? How do you respond when others seem to outshine you in their service for the Lord and they're not part of your little circle? Well, those feelings, those responses you have are actually evidences of the disease of more. I want that attention. I want more fame. I want more success. I want more acknowledgement. You see, the disease of more is going to be cured as we focus on following the Savior. What did he do? He willingly gave away everything he deserved to have to give us something we don't deserve to have. He gave up his rights so that we could claim an eternal right, the right to become children of God. Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson called Overcoming the Disease of More here on The Wisdom Journey. Stephen has a gift for you today, and I want to tell you about how you can receive it. As King David neared the end of his life, he didn't lie in bed at night dreaming of the next giant he would kill. He wasn't thinking about the next military battle he would win. David's dream was to build a temple for God. That was his consuming passion. David was a singer, a prophet, a hero, and a king, but what he really wanted to be was an architect. God had other plans. 
David's dream for his own life didn't align with God's plan for David's life. So God's answer to David was no. How do you respond when God says no to your plans and dreams? Well, that's a difficult situation to navigate. Stephen has a resource to help you. He's written a booklet based on David's example called When the Answer is No. In it, he shares with you five practical ways for you to respond when God says no to your plans and dreams. As I said, this is a free resource, and we're going to send it to your email inbox upon request. Go to wisdomonline.org forward slash no for information. There's a form to fill out, and you'll receive a copy in just a few moments. We have a print version of this booklet as well, and information is on that page. Request your free digital copy or order a print copy at wisdomonline.org forward slash no. Do that right now, then join us next time to continue the wisdom journey.